The Heat have played 20 games already, an important benchmark for Pat Riley in the front office to form an idea of what this team will be for the rest of the season. So we'll be looking at each player on the roster and doing a little employee evaluation of our own, everything from productivity to working well with others and what they need to improve on this season. It's part one of our two-part player evaluations on today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg. Joining me as always, it's David Lamell. However you're tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. We've got part one of our two-parter today. We're going uh, to do our 20-game player evaluations. The idea here is that we're going to evaluate each of the Heat's players like it's a job evaluation. Uh, we'll rate them in terms of their productivity, job knowledge, collaboration skills, attendance, uh, before identifying some areas of improvement for each of these players. We're going to get to basically every player. Uh, so if you've been a little out of the loop on Heat basketball, this is a great way to catch up and get everything that you need to know. Or if you've been watching every game like we have, it's also a great chance to see if you agree or disagree with our evaluations. Yep. Uh, so let's just jump right in, David, and start with Jimmy Butler. What do you have for his productivity evaluation? Let me let me just take a step back. And just in case anybody's wondering why the 20-game mark, well, Pat Riley has gone on record and said that that's usually around when he starts to have a clear idea of what this team is, whether or not they're a contender, what they need, what's missing on this roster, the kind of to get a, a gauge for the, the the temperament of this particular right. group because every year it changes. So that's why. Plus, they also have a couple of days break in the schedule. So I figured it's a good opportunity to capitalize on that. But to get to your point, let's get to Jimmy Butler, obviously the best player on the team, at least for now. So in terms of productivity, I've got him at meeting standards. You know, you, you either below standard, meet standard, or exceed standard. Jimmy meets those standards. Why? Because the standards are higher for Jimmy Butler. He hasn't done anything to necessarily put himself over. He struggled to start the season. He missed a few, obviously missed a whole preseason. So he hasn't been the dynamic player we expected him to be. So he meets standards. Job knowledge, hell, he exceeds standards because nobody knows what's required of Jimmy Butler and this team better than Jimmy Butler. Even going on record just a couple of days ago saying this team was mediocre, calling out yeah. the rest of the group, and I think kind of lighting a fire under the rest what of the team. What did you think of that, by the way? I think it's a little harsh, but I think it's also fair. And I think it's what a team leader does. I think he holds himself and these players to a higher standard. And so the fact that there's just a couple games over 500 isn't nearly good enough for him, and it shouldn't be. Uh, I was surprised by it. That's not really Jimmy Butler's MO. His usual uh, sort of modus operandi is to just claim championship um, predictions and all these things yeah. like that. We'll it's get there, we'll the figure it out. Being honest. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it's, well, that, that was a sober look. It's like we're mediocre, but yeah, they're eleven and nine. They're sixteenth in net rating as we're sitting here talking today. Like that's that's a mediocre team based on everything on paper. But Jimmy Butler doesn't ever pay attention to what's on paper, right? Jimmy Butler and all these things. Like we're as good as anybody. We're going to go win the championship. We'll see you in in June. Like all this kind of stuff. So I found it surprising. Um, yeah. I don't know that he was necessarily calling out the team because if you actually listen to the press conference, he was. It was a sober look in, in a in a time where there ought to be a sober look. I thought uh, after yeah. a loss to the Indiana Pacers, the way that they, they lost, like, won, he wants them to he wants them to be better. Uh, but I just I did find it surprising that he went that way because he doesn't usually go that way. 
He goes the opposite. That's way. fair. Collaborative skills. Does he work well with others? Well, to me, I think he's been an excellent teammate, so he exceeds expectations there. And as far as attendance, well, he meets those. He's played actually more games than you consider you know, where he normally is at this time of year. So, yes, he's missed a couple of games here and there due to injury, but overall he's met standards. 16 of the 20 games. Uh, only, yeah. sat, only sat one back-to-back. Uh, because of rest, he did have the 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 ankle injury that forced him out for for like a real injury. But uh, in terms of just like pretend injuries, it was just one game so far. Yeah, I saw some people chide him for you know missing that important game of the in season tournament against the Milwaukee Bucks. But I, yeah. I I think there was some legitimacy there to the ankle injury, and that's why. Yeah, that's one of those ones. I don't think we even talked about that. It's like it's the yeah. in season tournament. You want to get up. You want to give yourself a chance, but you also have to recognize that it's November. Yep. And and you don't necessarily and if it, it's this it's the right ankle sprain that keeps giving Jimmy Butler problems. So I think you want to probably be as careful as possible, especially against a physical team like Milwaukee. You almost try to save Jimmy Butler from himself, knowing what yep. he's going to try to do against that team. So um, it's fair. Uh, look, I I think I agree with everything in terms of the productivity. I think meeting expectations is right. He has been better, thirty plus points against the Pacers in that in that yep. home and home uh, series there. So. Um, granted, the well, that might speak more of Indiana's defense than anything. Yeah, else. the defense and the pace of the game, right? But I do like that he's going out there and being like, okay, you want to play like this? Let's play like this. Like in terms of just productivity, thirty plus points. He's had four thirty plus point games this year so far. So, um, like the highs have been really high for him, and so I think he's started the season despite the, the the rough start the first week and a half of the year. He's been pretty good. So um, the next part is what? Uh, areas of areas for improvement, yeah. If I'm targeting anything for Jimmy, I, I think it's the three-point shooting, which is dipped to 40%. No more 5-0 celebrations. He's not going to be at 50% for most of the season, obviously. Okay. And overall health. I think that's something that he just needs to keep that in mind. So to me, I, I have no problem with the games he's missed and the reasons why he's missing those. It doesn't seem particularly overt. So I just want him to be consistently healthy for most of the regular season. I have play more like a star. Hmm. Just be the star. Be the star player. You have a usage percentage of 26%. That's middling uh, among players of his caliber. The Heat are 3-1 when he has a usage percentage in a game that climbs over 30%. The Heat are just better when he plays like a star. Point blank, period. <laughs> that's it. Play like a star. Use more possessions. That means not just scoring. That's passing. That's all these things. But put the ball in Jimmy Butler's hands and let everybody else play off of him. The Heat are always better when that happens. Go play like a star. You can do it. I don't care about the right ankle sprain. I don't care about all this stuff. It doesn't have to be an every game basis, but do it more often because you've only done it four times out of Miami's first 20 games, four times out of the 16 that he's played. Either way you look at it, it should be more. So go play more like a star. That's the only thing. Other than that, no notes. No notes. Like he's just really good. Go be really good more often. I just wonder if the nature of this team kind of just requires Jimmy to be more just to give up the ball a little bit more. Like I know that's normally the policy for other teams, but the way they're structured, but you've got to give Bam his touches. You've got to give Tyler his touches once he comes back to the lineup, et cetera. This is just more of an egalitarian sort of offense. I just don't know if it's necessarily. It doesn't have to be like 36%. It doesn't have to be like Luka Doncic, heliocentric offense. I just say like, we're talking about 26% to 30%. Just use a a little bit like those dead moments beginning in the game where he kind of just floats to the first quarter sometimes. Take over yeah. earlier, you know? That's all. Okay. Uh, overall assessment of Jimmy, I, I think, to me, this is what I've got. Jimmy is still the team's most complete and dominant player, but there are signs that might not be the case beyond this season. Still, he is the team's leader and a much better locker room presence than most people believe. So that's my overall evaluation of Jimmy this season. What about Duncan Robinson? Let's just jump right into him. 
Duncan Robinson. Well, I mean, he's had an incredible year. So as far as his productivity is concerned, I think he's exceeded expectations for job knowledge. The fact that he's been more versatile, making plays for others, but still cognizant of the fact that he has to be the deep range threat that he's been throughout his career. He exceeds expectations, collaborative skills, again, sharing the ball, doing everything on offense, exceeding expectations, attendance. He's met expectations, missed a game, but overall he's still been uh, a mainstay for Miami this season. Area for improvement, just continue to stay aggressive, stay aggressive and, and tighten things up on defense, which he has improved on. So if anybody hasn't really noticed Duncan, I think there's an overall improvement across the board, but on defense he still does need to be a little bit more locked in on occasion. The defense is such a good point because he is not he's still targeted because he's Duncan Robinson and that's just what's going to happen. But um, it's not been as egregious. Right. And and Miami, give them credit as a team, have done a better job of covering up, kicking him out of bad matchups, preventing him from getting in those bad matchups in the first place. They've been so good, especially when Hale Highsmith has jumped into that starting lineup, really cleaned things up defensively for them. Um, But for in terms of areas improvement for him, do more of what makes you great, Duncan. I love I love the, the the two point shots, the layups, and all these things. But there are now times, and I've noticed this the last week or so, where he'll yeah. curl off a Bam Adebayo screen, and he won't even look for the three. Sometimes, I, I think I, I like the, the the fact that he could put the ball on the floor and then he can get to the basket. But that's never going to be the part that makes him great. That's never going to be an elite skill set for him. It's going to be a good one. It's helpful. I'm not taking anything away from him, but you got to use it as a counter to the closeout, not as your default. Because this team needs him to take threes first and foremost. That's the thing that makes – that's the one thing on the game that he is elite at. Top 1% in the NBA, elite at. Uh, he's averaging 6.8 three-point attempts per game. He's shooting at no, uh, nearly a 45% clip. I think he should be legitimate, as, and especially as a starter, he should be yeah. closer to eight or nine three-point attempts per game, minimum, minimum for this team. So that's why. Yeah, especially especially given how quick his release is. Nobody quicker than him other than Steph Curry in terms of that release. Like he can get that shot over. And there's still moments there where you find him, you look at him doubting himself and he shouldn't. He should just let it fly. The doubting is less. Just look for it. Just look like once you come off that screen, it's probably going to be open. And and Miami's offense is more dynamic when that's the case. Um, All right, we're going to continue with our 20 game evaluations. We're going to get to Tyler Hero coming Mm up. A tough evaluation considering how much of the season that he's missed. But. We do have notes that's coming up next year on Locked on Heat. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Look, if you've got friends or family, loved ones of any type, and you worry about them and the medications they might need, well, there might be supply shortages. And there have been, and there might continue to be some down the road. And if you want to avoid those, if you don't like that feeling of being helpless because you want to be able to provide for your family and loved ones, well, then Jay's case is the one for you. They've got a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, respiratory infections, whatever you might think of. Jay's case has you covered. So visit jaysmedical.com and complete your physician encounter, and it will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. Who doesn't like that? So if you've never been, it's never been more important to be prepared than today. So go to Jace Medical, that's J-A-S-E medical.com and use the code locked on and you'll get $20 off your first order. So go to jacemedical.com, use the offer code locked on for $20 off. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. Thanks to everybody who has shared their Spotify wrapped with us. If you have oh, yeah. uh, Lockdown Heat as your top podcast, please 
let us know, share a screenshot with us, Twitter, Instagram. We love to connect and celebrate with you here at the end of the calendar year. Uh, we're continuing along with our 20 game evaluations. Already talked about Jimmy Butler and Duncan Robinson. Let's move now to Tyler Hero, David. I've got Tyler with exceeding expectations in terms of overall productivity. I don't think there's any denying, like you kind of question the efficiency or everything else, but in terms of what he's been able to do when he's been on the floor, to me, he's exceeded expectations. Job knowledge, I've got him just at meeting expectations because he's still kind of finding that balance between being the playmaker, finding himself within the confines of the offense and understanding what his role should be. So I've got him kind of just meeting those expectations, not necessarily below but definitely not exceeding them either. In collaborative skills, again, I think he's meeting expectations. There's the understanding that now with the ball in his hands a lot more often, he's got to be more of a playmaker to have that kind of diversity on offense that makes the heat so much more dangerous. And they've looked that way without him in the lineup. That's not necessarily on on Tyler's you know shoulders to bear. It's a result of many different things. But I'd like to see some more understanding of how he can share the ball more effectively. Attendance, well, I mean, that's below. Uh, it's not his fault, like, right. you know, an ankle injury, whatever, yeah. but when availability is an important ability and for Duncan, I'm sorry, for Tyler, he just hasn't been on the floor enough to show us consistent growth in terms of areas for improvement. Well, wait, wait. Can, well, we, the, can we go back yeah, to go the, the, the collaboration part of it? He's leading yes. the team in assists. Yeah. 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 I get it. I mean, so I, I, I thought, and I thought specifically his collaboration with Bam Adebayo was really good before the injury. That two man game really better. started to blossom. And um, I, I, he does need to figure out ways to get other guys involved a little bit more because it felt like I haven't looked this up, but of his assists, I would say most of them were to probably bam and then just feeding Jimmy in the post and let Jimmy go into work and sort of getting like the fake assist credit there. Sure. Again, I haven't looked at those numbers, but I, I would guess that's probably what it is. Um, but there is something to be said about leading the team in assists, which he is right now yeah, per game, sure. I mean, obviously. I mean- but it's also a smaller sample size, 4.6 to Kyle's 4.4, and just above BAM at 3.9, too. So it's just, yeah. again, I think it's more symptomatic of just having a, a very uh, egalitarian offense where the yeah, ball this is team's got off. basically, I mean, you go from Josh Richardson up, you got five guys averaging at least three assists per game. That's a lot exactly. for anyone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. That's just, but that's also, I think, the way this team is. It's geared, so it kind of counters again what you were saying earlier about Jimmy. It's not I'm not disputing it necessarily, but I, I just think this team is kind of just built on the idea of everybody shares the ball, everybody looks for those weak points of the defense and finds ways to attack them. You had meet way. expectations for collaboration on Tyler Hero? Yes, I do. I think that no, I think that's those? that's that's fair. No, I don't I wouldn't put exceeding. I think meeting is fair, but I just wanted to point out uh the assist numbers there. Like I said, you got to feel the two man game with Bam and everything that's like that. Can you develop chemistry with other guys once you come back? But what's your area of improvement for Tyler? Uh, the ability to adapt and play off ball because I think he's still figuring out those nuances. He's getting better and he's shown improvement. But I, I think just it's a strength of his to go get a bucket, but he also needs to find how and when to get a bucket and how to get everybody else into their spots to get those buckets as well. I have what did you learn by watching Duncan Robinson? That's my question to him. At 20 games, if I had him in my office, I said over the last 12 games, basically, what did you learn by watching Duncan in that starting lineup? That's what I would ask him. Um, I think Tali Hero, we talk about like, you know, blank player light, you know, is is Jaime Jaquez Jr. or Jimmy Butler light? You know what I mean? Yes. Can Tali Hero be a Duncan Robinson heavy? Can you just be a better (laughs) version of what Duncan Robinson is in that starting lineup? Because that, when you talk about starring in your role versus like rolling in your star, basically. Yeah. Like I, sometimes I feel like Tyler Hero is just trying to roll his star into the game, yeah. and 
he needs to star in that Duncan Robinson role. Come off those screens, be a catch and shoot threat, space the floor, be a five alarm fire coming off across us, coming over a Bam Adebayo handoff 30 feet from the basket that opens up everything around the basket in the paint. Like that's where he can make a huge impact on this team. And that gives Bam Adebayo more opportunities in the paint. It gives Jimmy Butler more opportunities in the paint. And by the way, all those opportunities for Tyler Hero will still be there, just like they are for Duncan Robinson. You come off that screen, if that three's there for you, shoot it, baby, go for it. And guess what? You know what the best part about three-pointers are? They're worth more than two-pointers. So that point, your point totals and your all-star stuff that you want to get to, that's only going to improve. You're only going to get closer to those goals. And then once you come off those screens and when they close out on you, get into your two-point game, man. You're crafty. No problem with that. But it's got to be within the flow of the offense, which I think is what Duncan Robinson has been so good at, which is why I would ask Absolutely. him, can you just take what Duncan Robinson is doing and just be better at that? Because you can't you, you have the skill set. I don't want to be a rabble rouser, although that is my nature. But do you find that a little disconcerting that Tyler has not been on the sideline for games? Because I think that would give him the opportunity to see exactly what it is that you're talking about much more closely. Like he does not need to. But is there something about sitting there on the sideline for a player because they know so much of the details of those games where he's not there, he's not able to see how the teams move? Yeah, with I, I, I think I, I always kind of give guys a pass with the lower body injuries because that's such an uncomfortable spot, the sideline there uh, for these sure. guys. It's why they don't really travel a lot of times with lower body injuries versus like a, a fractured wrist, for instance, instead of it was, as opposed to a sprained ankle. Like. It's just a little bit more difficult. So I usually give guys a pass the lower body stuff. It's not even that something that I've honestly thought very hard about. I know that Do you he's think he comes back Friday against Cleveland. Um, I wonder if he's going to come back uh, Friday versus Cleveland could could be a good. I mean, we know that he's near. He's not traveling with a team to so, Toronto, but he's, yeah. Right, right. Um, should we get to Haywood Heisman? Uh, yeah, let's do that. Haywood has been a surprise addition to the starting lineup, but we talked about that even in the preseason as a viable option. In terms of productivity, well, uh, I think he's below standards, to be honest with you. I had him at yep. meet standards, but I, the more I thought about it, I think he's just below standards. Uh, job knowledge, I think he exceeds it. I think he knows what he has to do, and he's capable of doing different things and bringing the ball up, swinging sure. the ball Popping from the perimeter, he just doesn't have the ability or the consistency. Defensively can play in all of Miami's looks, which is no huge. Uh, yes. Zone, switch, man-to-man. He thrives in all of those defensive alignments. Collaboratively, I think he meets standards. Again, he's not going to he's not gonna pop as a playmaker, but he makes the right, right pass. He doesn't force the ball too much. Sets good screens. Sets yes, good screens, absolutely. which I put in that category. Yes. Absolutely. Attendance, he meets the standards. He missed games early. He's going to continue to miss games, I think, uh, with that lower tailbone issue. Uh, we'll see whether or not it's able to heal with a couple of days off in between Saturday night's game and Tuesday night's game against Toronto. Hopefully he'll be at 100% soon. Uh, yeah. He's not listed as out for the Toronto game, so my assumption is that he'd be available to play that. But we'll see how it takes uh, how it shapes up. And in terms of just overall area for improvement, the same thing with always. Like his defense is never the issue. He's a great team player. Love having him in the locker room. Love, love talking to him. But he's just not a consistent scoring threat, and therefore he winds up becoming a liability for that Heat starting lineup. Yep. And it goes back to the productivity point. Um, I, you could argue that productivity. Is it just the stats? Like, you could probably go meet expectations with him just because of how he's been able to produce defensively, even just beyond, That's like, fair. steals and the box score stuff. Like, he has been a That's productive fair. defensive player beyond the box score. But he does need to be more of a factor offensively. You can't be you, – you can't be Luke Babbitt on offense where you you go one for three from the corners a game. and You just can't. You need more from him. Uh, can you get up more threes? He took two total three-pointers in those – breakneck pace games against the Pacers this last weekend. 
two total. Yeah. He needs yeah. to get up more. He's at 3.3 per game. He's shooting 32% yeah. right now. Um, you get up more. I think that percentage will climb, actually, the mm. more he gets up. I, you know, I'm not asking him to be Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero and take eight of them a game. No. But you should be taking – you should just be taking them more often. And that 3.3 per game, that's been dipping lately. Um, if he could stay around there and get that percentage up a little bit more and be around three and a half per game, I think that's yeah. a fair number. Three and a half, four per game, I think that's a fair number. But he's got to dominate three those corners. He's got to dominate those corners the way that P.J. Tucker dominated those corners. That's right. Three and a half, at least 35% per game, Like if not yeah. closer to 37%. Absolutely. I think that's fair. If not, you know – his spot in that starting lineup could be a, a. I don't know that it's up for grabs necessarily. I don't know who else on this roster takes that spot. I think they're very yeah. happy with Caleb Martin coming off the bench in that role, but yep. um, it could be an area that they look to improve by the trade deadline if Haywood Highsmith can't be more productive from that spot mm. in the starting lineup. Um, Good point. All right. We're going to talk about Kyle Lowry next. Um, he's actually been, he's actually been really good, David. I don't. Yeah. I don't know anything else I have for Kyle Lowry. We're going to talk about that next (laughs) coming up here. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The weather's getting colder, but the NFL offers are still hot over at FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Hey, your team won this past weekend. I know you don't bet on the Dolphins, but impressive showing against the Commanders. What a stupid name. Yeah, and like I said, with this with this money line bet, like the Dolphins have literally beat every team that they've been favored against. So you get the money line here. You don't even have to worry about the spread. If the Dolphins are going up against a worse team, just bet the money line, and you're basically guaranteed $150 in bonus bets here. That's what the way it's been so far this season. I don't know if you haven't done this yet, why you ha- why you wouldn't do it going forward. Absolutely. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, to your point, there's no better time to get in on the action. And the app is so easy to use with a wide range of betting options from spreads to player props, over-unders, and so much more. Go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. Continuing along with our 20-game player evaluations, part one. Hmm. But don't forget, we got that means the part two is coming up. Part oh, two yeah. uh, coming up later, Bam Adebayo, Amayakas Jr., Caleb Martin. We'll get to our evaluations of all those players and more in the next episode. Let's finish off this one with Kyle Lowry and Thomas Bryant. We'll start with Kyle Lowry, David. Kyle, what can you say about Kyle? Like I, I Again, I know there's a discussion over the uh, internet and the social media this past weekend. And uh, the criticism is always going to be there. He had I a lackluster this. game. Yeah. I, and you should, I, I, I paid more attention to it than I would have liked to. And that was only for a few minutes. Uh, you know, he had a, a lackluster game on Saturday. And I think whenever he has a bad game, it just gives everybody local media fans, everybody just an opportunity to pile on Kyle. And I, I think it's just so unfair of the critique. Kyle pile. Yeah, the old cop. Yeah, no, I, I think, look, he doesn't do himself any favors because he's, you know, he's just brusque, right? Let's just he's use the word cantankerous. He is absolutely cantankerous. That's a great word. And, and so when he brushes off media, well, they're not going to write glowing fluff pieces about you because that's just the way you are. Like, you have to, you can be a dick, look at Jimmy Butler, but you have to be Jimmy freaking Butler when it matters most. You can't just have a 10 point outing 
and then be like, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to talk to you guys because I just don't feel like talking to you guys, which is totally understandable. I mean, I know it's not ideal, but it's totally understandable. Jimmy does fulfill his media obligations. He absolutely does. He does the bare minimum sometimes, like in terms of answering questions, but he absolutely meets those expectations. Kyle, eh, sometimes not so much. And I think the media day thing, Stuck in everybody's croft to some degree, especially when you were the offseason and, you know, you were going to get traded for Dame Lillard and then you're kind of stuck with Kyle Lowry. But I think he's been great on the floor. He has exceeded productivity in terms of his shooting, his production overall, finding seams in the defense, doing everything he can. Again, second in teams and assists. I think he's been very, very good. And if you haven't watched him play and you've just got this preconceived notion, he's being overpaid, he's washed, he's old. He's fat, whatever. Just watch the goddamn game and watch him actually play because he's actually been pretty good. Um, uh, job. Well, wait, can I can I can I jump in there? Yes. Um, he's thirty-seven years old. He's not going to sure score is. sixteen points a game anymore the way that he was in his prime, where it was like sixteen, seventeen points per game, eight or nine assists, and great defense. Like that's just not who he is. He's thirty-seven years old. He probably shouldn't even be in the league right now. So the fact that he could be a starter on a good team says a lot about where he is. Uh, yeah, there's going to be nights where you want more. There's nights where I want more. But again, you got to remember he's 37 years old. So if he can give you one of those great nights once a week, then I think that's fair. And when Telehero went down, and I told you this to you on the show, David, I was worried that he would almost go the opposite direction of what this team needed him to do. That when Telehero went down, he's like, okay, then I got to find us a new Telehero and I got to right. just feed everybody else. To fall. Go, yeah. and, and instead, he's done what he needed to do, which is what I hoped he would do. He's like, okay, I'm going to come off the screen. Quick trigger, catch and shoot. Boom. I'm going to get to my spots. I'll get to one of those little vintage turnaround jumpers in the lane that I do every once in a while. I'll get to one of those every other game. Like he's shooting 44%, better than 44% from three point range on 4.7 attempts per game. It's almost five of his seven field goal attempts per game are coming from three. That is a beautiful ratio. That's exactly what you want from a 37 year old Kyle Lowry because he doesn't have what it takes to get to the rim anymore at 37 years old, but he could still shoot the ball. So in terms of job knowledge, then I think he exceeded expectations, understanding Agreed. what his role is at this point and finding ways to be more effective and get everybody going at the same time. Collaborative skills, again, fitting in there, making place for others. He's exceeded expectations and attendance. Yeah. He's been great. He's been consistent. He's one of my exactly. most consistent players in being available. He's exceeded expectations. 19 in of terms 90, of, 20 games. Yeah. For a 37-year-old, like last year, we ever we remember that he led the league in minutes for a brief time there, and yep. that wound up biting him and the team in the ass later on. Put a pin in that. Let's hope, yeah, let's hope he can avoid that because that's where my area for improvement comes along. I think it's the overall health; he needs to be durable, and I think that's something he needs to monitor and do whatever he can and work out some maintenance program with the team, whatever it takes. Yeah, as a high-end competitor, he probably doesn't want to. But at some point, you're going to have to have a realistic – look, if you can tell Bam, sorry, you can't go out there because your hip's bothering you, then you can tell Kyle or Kyle can tell Eric Spolster and the training staff, look, I, I need a couple days rest. Well, the I, problem, I the problem yes. is that yes. you don't have another point guard on the roster. Once Which Tyler comes with back. With a season-ending injury, when Tyler yes. Hero comes back, we should be able to see more of those. Because, if again, 20 games in, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling Kyle Lowry into my office, and I'm saying, areas of improvement, hey, can we find you some time off? Can we yes. just find you some time off? Can we get you a week where, you know what, let's just not – we're not going to play you for this week. We just need to find you some time off. I like that he's under 30 minutes per game. That's yes. been good. So yes. I like that they're starting to manage his minutes, even even the, despite the fact that he's playing every single night. But going forward, that's sort of what I'm looking at with Kyle Lowry. That's it in terms of improvement because he's not going to be more durable. He's not going to magically become a more durable player than what he is right now. He's been right. pretty durable. Uh, 
but I'm just I'm going to be looking to find him some vacation time, basically, to use those I've vacation some, times before they roll over. I've got point of attack defense, which again, again, as uh, I think it's you know symbolic of his age necessarily. Yeah. So I just don't think he's going to get much better. But maybe if he can tighten it up, to, there's a lot. There's too many instances where he's kind of just he gets roasted along the perimeter, which happens to everybody, no matter how good a defender you might be. And he turns around looking to blame somebody because there wasn't enough help defense there. I think they do actually need to help him more because I think this team has a view of what Kyle Lowry used to be. And his teammates not might not fully know that, OK, Kyle Lowry's not the defender he used to be. So maybe we need to help him the way that we help Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. Right behind him right. a little bit bring more that second yeah, bring him on an island a little bit more often but let's do Good thomas point. bryant uh well thomas bryant uh i think you and i both were optimistic that heat culture would save him and and yet with time it was guarded optimism because we knew that he had offensive skills we talked to him on media day he seemed so optimistic about getting a, a boost in his career and yet it seems like the same problems have propped up yet again and he might be at a point now where he might not necessarily ha- even have a firm place in the rotation. He's played a Doesn't. handful of games. Right. Uh, with Kevin Love emerging as a, a reliable second center yeah. and, and Orlando Robinson showing some pop also, it's been tough for Thomas Bryant to carve out any minutes. Even in the, in the game against Indiana, Bryant coming off the bench, Orlando Robinson starting in a game where Bam was out. So uh, I don't know. In terms of overall productivity, I've got him at below. Like even his offense hasn't yep. been great. And, and it's all tied to – his minutes not being able to get a role. And I understand it's difficult for a veteran to say, where can I find my opportunity to score or do anything when I don't get playing time? But part of that is the behind the scenes lack of work or, or the problems that he has had throughout his whole career. Job knowledge, also below expectations. You come to Miami, you better play defense. And while I think Thomas is doing his best and trying his hardest, there are still moments where he's just, he's just lost out there. He just does not know how to shift, when to play up, Went to do things, different things defensively that Miami requires of him. Slow footed, it doesn't help. He is a little slow. Yeah, I, I think that's part of it. Um, but Orlando, to your point, I think is viewed as a better defender. Yeah. And is probably similarly slow footed, although he's younger and been part of Miami's system for longer. Kalev, I think he's uh, he's met expectations. He does what he can. He's been a good presence in the locker room. Hasn't grumbled. Hasn't complained. No, and so he's, that's he's, great. he's probably their MVP in terms of like on the bench celebrations like sideline <laughs> celebrations he's I the have best. not noticed he's the best at it it's him and kevin love are actually the best at it they have a good they have a good really? thing going yeah now i've got to watch out for that when they're in yeah. toronto okay good to know good to know uh, areas for improvement hey defensive awareness and mobility those have been the same areas of improvement throughout yeah. his whole career the health hasn't been a problem which i'm glad to see that he's bounced back from those injuries that sapped so much of his youth and at the same time you know now it's just you're in miami you've got to play defense tom that's all there is to it I'm calling him into the office 20 games in. I'm like, look, you know what? You were the backup center. You lost the job. Kevin Love is now our backup center. There's a lot of reasons for that. Mostly it's because we're trying to tie a backup center to Jimmy Butler with that yeah. with that unit. And so we'll see what happens when Tyler Hero comes back and we revamp the rotations again. Maybe there'll be an opportunity for you. Be ready for any opportunities that we have because also Orlando Robinson has surpassed you because he was staying ready a little bit more than you were. And they need him to be productive. Defensively, he just is what he is. He's not going to magically become a great defender. It's never going to happen. Right. It's not a skill set. Whatever, it's fine. It's the player he is. But when you are, the, the reason Thomas Bryant has been able to stick in the league for this long is because he almost gives you stuff offensively that a lot of backup centers aren't able to give you. He scored 30 points in a game for the Lakers last year. He's capable of doing these kinds of things. Uh, spacing the floor, career 36% three-point shooter. Can you find more of those opportunities when we do call your number, but really, I'm calling you into the office, Thomas Bryant. I'm saying we're probably, if we're being honest about this, we're getting you ready for your next team. 
we're probably getting you ready for your next team. And we would love to do that. We would love to get you paid. You have a player option for the season. We would love to get you paid and send you out with glowing reviews uh, by, the sure. eight, by the end of these 82 games. Can you be a dominant drop big? Can you just do that? Because you're never going to be a switch touch at the point of attack. You're never going to do that. You're never going to be that defender. Can you can you be a dominant drop big who could space the floor a little bit from three-point range? A Brooke Lopez light, a Miles Turner light. Can you figure out a way to just make an impact defensively uh, and protect the rim a little bit uh, better? That's my advice, I think, for Thomas Bryant. And then, again, when we call your number, be ready. Because uh, they're going to need him at some point. We know that. It's a long season. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so it, that was a lot of fun. I thought that worked really well, David. Really excited uh, for part two, Bam Adebayo. Can he be mm. even better? Can he be even more dominant than he's been already? Has he already been basically a top 15 player, top 10 player? We're going to talk about all of that. Plus, of course, Jaime Hakas Jr. will get a glowing 20-game evaluation. But is there an area where even he can improve? You'll have to tune in for part two for now. Thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen Every day, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your podcast app. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel.